Welcome to The Upward Journey, the podcast ministry of Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina. It's been said that a prerequisite to developing a strong, healthy, and biblical sense of identity is a willingness to identify elements of a false identity and replace them with a new one. The natural question then is, how? With so many influences telling us what's true and what's not, it can feel overwhelming to decode truth from lies. In our current series, Liar, Liar, we'll take a look at lies we tend to believe while discovering truth that frees. You're welcome here. This is a safe place. Let's continue the upward journey. Good to see you on this beautiful Sunday morning. You're looking good today. Thanks for being here. We're in the the second message of our series called Liar, Liar, and we're really excited about what God is doing in this series to set people free from lies they have believed. We're talking about the lies we believed and the truth that sets us free. Some years ago, Alexa and I watched a show again and again. We watched it all the time called Trading Spaces. Anybody remember Trading Spaces? Anybody ever watch that show? The premise of the show was this. You switched houses with your neighbor for about a week, and they had interior designers come in, and your neighbor got to redesign the interior of your house for a week. They had a budget. Your neighbor could redesign your house, and then you switched back, and they pulled the curtains back and said, here is your new house. Now, sometimes it was a celebration. Much of the time, I think people said, oh, I just love it. You've done so many wonderful things. But the real fun was, was when they hated it. They looked at their house and said, oh, my, I can't believe they've done this to my house. Change it back. Let me take a little poll here quickly today. How many of you would let your next door neighbor be the interior designer of your house and redesign your house? How many would do that? I see one. Is there anybody else today? Just one, two, three. It seems to be something with that row over there. They all went together. How many of you, let's see if we can get it a little better. How many of you would let your best friend redesign the interior of your house a little bit better. Let me see if we get anybody on this one. How many of you would let your worst enemy design the interior of your house to completely redesign it? I'm not sure I believe y'all, but uh, I, would not let my, I would not let my worst enemy come in and redesign my house. But you know what we often do? We let our very worst enemy design the interior of our minds. Think about that for a minute. Your worst enemy wants to be the interior designer of your mind. And your mind is much more important than the inside of your house. We often let Satan, the devil, come in and shape our thoughts, shape our ideas, shape our ways of thinking. And in Liar, Liar, we're talking about how we can destroy the lies that the enemy has planted in our minds. You know, studies have shown... And any time I say studies have shown, you've just got to believe the rest of what I say, right? Because studies have shown, I believe this one, studies have shown that you and I have between 16 and 18,000 thoughts every day. That's a lot of thinking that goes on. Have you ever just had a thought pop into your mind? Just all of a sudden, it seemed like a random thought popped in? You have because studies have also shown that every day we have over 500 random thoughts that pop into our minds. Dr. Caroline Leaf, who wrote a great book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, she said this, we can go three weeks without food. We can go three days without water. We can go three minutes without oxygen, but we cannot go three seconds without thinking. 
our thoughts are a regular part of our lives. The Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius, one of the great Roman emperors and a great wise man and a great thinker said this. He said, we become what we think about. What's running through our minds, our strongest thoughts. Craig Rochelle said it this way, our lives are moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. The book of Proverbs says this, that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So your thoughts determine a lot about the direction of your life and who you become. What we're saying in this series is that you and I, through the power of the Holy Spirit, can become the interior designers of our own minds. That through the Holy Spirit's power, we can redesign negative patterns of thinking that the enemy has put into our minds that we have accepted, and we can redesign our minds to think the way God wants us to think. It's no accident, Paul wrote in Romans 12, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we're going to talk about that next week. In this series, we're learning that Satan's key strategy is to give us a lie in those random thoughts and through other experiences to put lies into our minds. And if he can get us to believe things that are not true, he can keep us in bondage. Understand this. We said this last week. When you believe something that is not true, it functions in your life as if it were true because you have bought into it. If you buy into a lie, that lie will function as something that's really true in your life. And understand this as well. Whenever we believe a lie that the devil tells us, we have actually given him access into our lives. We have opened a door through which I can promise he will come in and he will set up shop in your life. But through knowing the truth, we are set free. Jesus said, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you understand this? If you've believed a lie, when you renounce that lie, when you replace it with the truth, and you repeat the truth, you kick the devil out of your mind, you kick him out of your heart, and you slam the door on him so that he no longer has access into your life. How many would like to kick the devil out of your brain? You'd like to kick him out of your heart? You'd like to slam the door shut on him? so that he can't get back in ever again. We're going to do that in this series, Liar, Liar. We defeat lies in three ways. And these three ways define the rest of this series by revealing the lie. We find out what the lie is that we've believed. Then, intentionally, we replace the lie with the truth. By revealing the lie, by replacing the lie with the truth, and by repeating the truth again and again. Today we're going to talk about revealing the lies that the enemy has spoken into your life. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 3 through 5. Now these, these, this passage is a fighting passage. This passage is a warfare passage. Is anybody, anybody get tired of being discouraged? Anybody getting tired of being afraid? Anybody getting tired of looking around you saying, oh, the world's going down, 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 and you feel like you're going down with it? Anybody just kind of getting tired of that? Anybody getting tired of the habits that plague your life that you know are not God's best for you, but you just keep going back to them again and again and again? Anybody just ready to fight? 
Anybody ready to stand up and say, I'm filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus lives in me, and I don't have to live on this level anymore. I can defeat some of these things through Jesus Christ, get past some of this mess that I've been stuck in for a long time, and rise to a higher level of life and living in Jesus. He wants that for you, but sometimes you've got to contend. Many times, you have to contend for that. You've got to be willing to fight for it. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10, he talks about fighting. Listen to what he says. He says, we're human, but we don't wage war as humans do. Hear the warfare. We're waging a war, but we don't wage it as humans do. Instead, we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Do you hear that? He's using violent words. We knock down. Everybody say, knock down. Is there anything in your life right now or your mind right now that you'd like to knock down? Are there any lies that the enemy has spoken over your life that you'd like to knock down and destroy? He said in verse 5, We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to, to obey Christ. We knock down arguments. We knock down human reasonings. We destroy strongholds of the devil. And we capture rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Jesus Christ. It's warfare language. Understand this. We are in a spiritual battle. There is a spiritual battle going on in our world today, in our nation today, and in your life today. There is a spiritual battle between truth and between lies. Hear me today. I believe that there is still truth. I believe there are things that are true, whether we like them or not. There are things that are true, whether the culture accepts them or not. There are some things that are true that do offend us, but that does not make them less true because we get offended by them. And I intend for the rest of my life to stand up for the truth that is Jesus Christ. He said, ultimately, He is truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We're in a desperate battle between truth and lies, and we must be people who are committed to the truth. First of all, we must commit ourselves to the standards that there are, there is absolute truth in this world today that is above you and I's preferences and that is above you and I's opinions. There are some things that are just true and that's what it is. You can like it, you can hate it, but it's still true. Can I get an amen in the house this morning? And we've got to commit our lives to standing up for that and believing that. It is a spiritual battle that we fight. Paul said this about it. He said our battle is fought with spiritual weapons. We face enemies. We face lies. And we've got to knock them down. Anybody ever play football? Anybody ever watch football? Football, you win it by knocking things down. You win a football game by knocking people down. You win the spiritual battle by knocking lies down. Bear Bryant, old coach at University of Alabama, he was hiring a scout to go out and watch high school football games and recruit players to come play football at Alabama. And he sat the guy down in his office and he said, son, I'm going to teach you how to scout out for the right players. I said, okay, coach. He said, well, here's what's going to happen to you, son. You're going to go to a high school football game and you're going to see a kid coming out with his muscles flexed. He's going to be yelling, screaming. He's going to have all kind of macho and bravado there coming on the field. But the first time he gets hit hard, something gets knocked out of him. And he won't charge quite as hard. If you look for it, you'll notice after he gets knocked down one time, he won't come up the same. And we don't want him. Yeah. 
scout said, yes, sir, we don't want that guy. He said, but you'll see another guy who comes out, and he's confident, he's strong. He gets knocked down, he gets up. He gets knocked down a second time, he gets back up. But after about the second hit, he sort of gives out. And the scout said, we don't want him either, do we, Coach? Coach said, no, we don't want him. Coach said, but you're going to see another kid. He's going to come out with this quiet strength. And he may not be full of bravado, but he'll have this quiet strength. And he'll go out on the field, and he'll get knocked down, and he'll get up. He'll charge the line again. He'll get knocked down the second time, and he'll get right back up. He'll get knocked down the fourth time. And the kid keeps getting knocked down, but he keeps getting up. And in the fourth quarter, he's still getting up. And the scout said, Coach, that's the guy we want. He said, No, you idiot. We want the guy that's knocking him down. (laughs) You can knock down the devil with truth. Do you realize that? You can knock down the strongholds that the devil has put in your mind with the truth. That's what this series is all about. Paul said our battle is to destroy strongholds. A stronghold is like a fort. If you've ever seen a fort, maybe in a movie or a documentary, it is a fortress. It is a place that you occupy, a place of protected ground that you can get inside of and be safe from attack. But it is also the place from which you launch attacks on the enemy. And the Bible says that Satan literally builds these fortresses in our minds. And they're a place where he occupies protected ground in our lives. When you agree with a lie that Satan speaks to you, you actually give him ground. Do you understand that? When Satan whispers a lie into your mind, and he does that all the time, the devil, he's really good at those thoughts that pop into our head. And he speaks thoughts into our minds. And when you agree with those thoughts, you've given him legal access in your brain in that area. And he fortifies that area. He'll build new walls there. And it's a place that he has inside of you that's protected from which He goes to do warfare against your life. The Bible said, through the power of God, we can destroy those fortifications that the enemy has in our minds. We can knock them down by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when you do that, when you believe the truth, you have removed the devil's access to you. He can't get in there. He's got to go. And when you repeat the truth over and over, you keep the door slammed on him so that he cannot get back in. Can anybody say, I need that in my life? I need to run out all the fortifications of the enemy and slam the door on him forever. You can do that. Now, what leads to these strongholds? Sometimes human reasoning leads to strongholds. It's just our ways of thinking. People say this all the time and people say crazy stuff. Did you know that? Not everything people says is true. I'm going to give you some more revelation. Not everything on Facebook is true. Some of you, that's a liberating thing from you. Not every beautiful picture and a quote is on it with this beautiful background that pops up on Instagram is true. Some of the sweetest and nicest things people say are absolute lies. You ready for one? I'm going to tell you a lie this morning. You go telling that preacher at Upwards telling lies. I'm going to tell you a lie this morning. Here's a lie. Whatever you do, just follow your heart and you'll be okay. 
Is that a destructive one? People out there saying, oh, Lord. You know why they're saying that, why I'm saying it? Because our hearts led, led us to some bad places. My own brains led me to make some stupid decisions. And in the moment, I didn't think it was stupid. Forgive me if you don't like that word stupid, but it's the only way I know how to describe it. I've done stupid stuff, and at the time, I didn't think it was stupid. I have reasoned things out and still done very dumb things. Because human reasoning can bring a stronghold into your mind. You can reason it out and believe something to be true that's not. Then Paul says, false arguments can become a stronghold. These are the lies that we believe to be true. These are whispers from the enemy that just are not true. Now, the world today will tell you this, and it's another one of those nice things that's just not true. The world tells you, if we're all sincere, we'll all end up at the same place. Sincerity, in, in some people's minds, determines the destination you arrive at. The problem with that is, you can be sincerely wrong. And be very sincere in your belief. First week that I pastored this church back in December of 1997. It's been a long time. And uh, the first week I had to go to a funeral in Brevard. And I was new to the area. And I didn't know where Brevard was. And back in those days you didn't have GPS. You had to get a map. And oh man, thank God those days are gone. At least the maps. I'm glad that's over. I asked somebody, how you get to Brevard? They said, just get on 64 and keep going and you can't miss it. I said, okay. So I got on 64 and started out. There was one problem in those directions. They didn't tell me which direction to go on 64. So I was happily on 64, headed for Brevard, so I thought. And let me just tell you something. I was very sincere. I sincerely believed I was headed toward Brevard. When I saw Chimney Rock... I knew I wasn't in Brevard, but I was sincere, and I still didn't get to Brevard until I turned around and went the other way. Sincerity won't get you to your destination if you're sincerely headed in the wrong direction. Sincerity doesn't matter. I mean, it's important to be sincere and be sincere for the truth, but that's just it. You've got to sincerely be going in the right direction. You can sincerely head for destruction. Understand that. How do we do this? Today we're going to talk about revealing the lies we've believed. And I'll just bet you I know everybody in this room has believed a lie at some point in your life. And many of us in this room and watching online, there are lies that we have believed that are the roots of the bondages and the addictions and the bad patterns that we have in our lives because we believe something that the enemy has whispered to us that is just not true. And we're going to talk about how to reveal those. Paul said this, we capture rebellious thoughts. Gotcha. Everybody just do that with me. Gotcha. When a thought jumps into your mind, you got to say gotcha. See, we must capture our thoughts instead of being captive to them. You ever been held captive to a thought through a day? Let me ask you this. You ever get in the car and have an argument in the car and you're alone? That's why you're laughing, because you do it too. There's nobody in the car to argue with you, but you're still arguing because you've thought of something that somebody might say. Let's say you're anticipating a difficult conversation or meeting a difficult person, and you're riding down the road thinking, yeah, I'm going to see them, and you just imagine something smart they may say, something out of the way. 
smart aleck comment. And you know something, in the car, I can always come up with incredible, crushing responses. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, but I identify with that. I come up with the best stuff in the car, and I'm frustrated why I can't remember that in real time. But I'll come up with something good, and then I'll imagine what they'll say back. Then I'll have another crushing reply. And my blood pressure's going up. And I'm getting mad. My face is turning red. And I'm just having a fight going by the car by myself. And the truth is, this person isn't there. This person never said that. I'm having an imaginary argument. I don't know about y'all, but if I'm not careful, that kind of thought pattern can ruin my day. I can get an email early in the morning or a phone call or something and somebody, this is what gets me, if somebody's disappointed in something, if they're unhappy with something, that can hit me early in the morning. And if I'm not really, if I don't say got you to that thought, that thought will hold me captive for much of the day. I'll be sitting in a meeting hearing about all the good things that are going on, but I'll be thinking about that one person who's ticked off. Is that your life too? Do you understand how that is? We must gotcha to those thoughts and those lies instead of letting them get us and hold us. So you say, okay, pastor, how do we do that? Now, you got to do some work here. These, the rest of the messages in this series today and the next two that follow, they're awesome. I've read them, I've prayed, I've studied, and I'm getting them together. They're home runs, folks. You're going to hear two home run messages after this one. As good as they are, not good because of me, they're good because of Jesus, but as good as they are, a good message won't set you free. I will pray for you, and I've prayed for many people after these messages. I'll pray for you, but I can pray all day long, and that won't set you free. Paul said, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you hear me, your mind doesn't get renewed in one message or in one prayer or in one trip down to the altar or in one meeting with a friend. It gets changed as you do this on a regular basis. So you're going to have homework today. And trust me, if you will do your homework every week, we're going to knock something else down. Are you ready? If you'll do your homework this week, we're going to keep knocking those things down. But you've got to do the homework. So it's going to be a little tough, too. The rest of this message is going to feel a little bit heavy, and we're going to have to dig in a little bit, and we're going to have to look back in our lives because we're trying to uncover the potential lies that we believe that are holding us in bondage today. So how do I figure out what lies I have believed? Well, ask yourselves a few questions. What is your stronghold? What is that one area in your life that you feel like, if I could just deal with this one thing, I'd be a lot better person. I'd be a lot better Christian. I would have freedom in my life if I could just deal with this. Now, maybe you have three or four, and that's okay too. What are those areas or that area that you really struggle with? Second question, what are you doing right now that you really don't want to do? What in your life is a struggle and you say, if I could just get rid of this habit, 90% of you, you've got it already. Because 90% of you, when we came to worship today, probably thought about something you did this week and thought, I shouldn't be in here worshiping today. Because I know how the devil is. 
He remind, any of you during worship, the devil reminds you of a failure? Can I see your hands if that's you? How many have ever had that happen? During worship, the devil reminds you of something, a failure. It's a lie. But that's an area where you think, I wish I could change. Now, um, we all have them. Behind all those things that you're doing that you want to stop doing, underneath those things, there's a lie that you've believed that keeps you there. And you can hear all the messages in the world. You can have all the prayers in the world. But if you don't deal with that lie, that thing's going to stay in your life. But when you deal with that lie, that thing has to go out of your life. What's your struggle? Maybe you struggle with pornography, as many people do. The, the surveys out there are saying more than half of the people, half the men specifically that come to church, I have struggled or do actively struggle with pornography. Pastor Andy's not going to beat you up today and say, shame on you. I'm just going to tell you this. If you want to get that out of your life, you've got to break the power of the lie that's beneath it. Some of you struggle with worry. And we'll go so far to say, I hear Christians say things like this. Well, I'm just a worrier. That's just the way I'm going to be. We don't do that with other things. We don't come to church and say, how are you? Well, I'm just a pornographer. I deal with pornography. That's just how I'm going to be. That's not quite as acceptable as worry, right, in the church. The problem is when we make a struggle a part of our identity, the devil's got us. And that's the struggle in culture today. The culture's trying to take struggles that we ought to deal with and move on through and make them a part of who we are to where now we make identity statements and we include our struggle as our identity. When you just say, I'm a worrier, it's as I, it's, that's just how I am. The devil says, check, I got them. Because the worriers, the lie they believed is I can't trust God with my life. If I worry about it, I can prevent it from happening. If I just pay enough attention to things and stress over it enough, bad things won't happen to me. Anybody here believe that's true? If you're a worrier, you do. Because you keep stressing over stuff that you have no control over. Worriers tend to think in worst case scenario. You come to church and you sit here on Sunday and you look around saying, a lot of people, I'm going to get covid What if a fire starts? Look at that guy sitting over there. He looks kind of weird. He might be a serial killer. Worst case scenario. You take your kids to the lake and you're like, they might drown. Somebody might kidnap them. Someone might shoot them. A nuclear bomb might hit the lake. Um, we laugh at those things. We laugh because it's real. If you're always thinking in worst-case scenarios, I'm not condemning you. I'm just saying God wants to set you free from that. Amen. He wants you to be able to trust Him with your life and your children's lives. Not that you just let them run out in the highway. There's a healthy avoidance of danger, but there's a very unhealthy worry that's always thinking about what terrible things might happen. It's a lie of the devil that afflicts so many people. What are you doing right now that you don't want to do? Where are you hurting right now? Is there a wound in your life that's still alive? Is there a hurt in your life that's still alive? 
Is there a bitterness towards someone in your past that's still alive? What thoughts and what fears continually occupy your mind that can tell you the lie you've believed? And then ask yourself this question. When did these things start? This is a powerful question. Was there ever a time in my life that I didn't deal with this? And when did it start? We're not trying to ask that question so we can throw blame on somebody because blaming other people never solves our problems. Do you understand that? Blaming someone else for where I'm at today never solves. Now, sometimes you've been hurt by people and you need to walk through forgiveness to really break the change from that event off of your life. We ask this question, when did these things start, to try to help you uncover the lies you've believed. You see, lies coming into your life come from two sources primarily. First of all, lies come in through words. Hurtful words that have been spoken over your life. Can you remember a hurtful word someone spoke over your life? How many can just, if you think back through your past, you can remember something very hurtful that was spoken over you that really wounded you? Can I see your hands? If you can remember a very hurtful word, hold them up, keep them up for a minute because it's important that everybody else see that you're there. It hurt, didn't it? Wow, it hurt. It shamed you, didn't it? It made you feel like less than a person. You can put your hands down now. Let me ask you this question. Is that word still living in your life? Is that word still affecting your life? Do you still hear those words sometimes? Did you accept that lie into your life? Remember what we said? If you accept it as truth, then it functions in your life as if it were true. Parents, loving parents, oftentimes are the ones that speak hurtful words into their children's lives. Even parents that care about them. Abusive parents do it on purpose. Loving parents do it almost accidentally. But they speak words into children's lives like, you're not good enough. Why can't you be like your big brother? You know why? Because they're not their big brother. Don't ever ask a child why he can't be somebody else. Because one of the biggest lies that are told to our generation today by the devil is you weren't made to be you. You were made to be somebody or something else. And you've got to become this. God made us all different. He gave you a unique personality. A unique build. A unique look. He made you. The lie of the devil is God made you wrong. You're defective. And sometimes people speak those words into our lives and we just accept them many times because we're kids and we just don't know any better. But many times the lies that have been spoken over our lives when we were children still affect us today. Hear me today. You need to kick those lies out of your life. You need to identify those hurtful words and you need to stand up to it in Jesus Christ and through His power and say, I acknowledge that I believe this lie. I repent of believing this lie. I forgive that hurtful person that spoke that over my life, but I reject that lie in Jesus' name. It will not affect my life going forward. I do not believe it. I kick it out of my life and close the door on it forever. You can do that. Parents, if you are in the habit of speaking words over your children in frustration, stop it now. Parents are not superheroes. We get frustrated, right? You ever get frustrated with your kids? Shaming them will not help the situation. 
shaming them will only perpetuate a lie in their lives that they'll be talking to somebody about 20 years down the road. If you know you have spoken lies over your children and you've made shameful comments to them, repent to God and to them. One of the most healing conversations you could have with your children is to sit down and say, son, daughter, in a moment of frustration, I said this about you. Or maybe ask them, have I ever said anything about you that has hurt you? And if I have, or maybe you know you have, just say, I am so sorry for that. That is not true. And together with you, I want to cast that lie out of your life. Words. Second way lies enter our lives are through wounds. When we're hurt deeply, the enemy rides in on that and whispers a lie to us. And if he can get us to believe that lie, he can cause that wound to be a lifelong struggle rather than an event. Some children have gone through terrible abuse. We've all had trauma. You understand that? We all go through trauma. There's the trauma of loss. Some people whose parents have died young in their life believe the lie, I'll always have to fend for myself. Nobody will ever take care of me. Some people who've been abused, I've talked with children and helped work with children who've been sexually abused, and a lot of times they believe the lie, this was your fault and you brought it upon yourself because of a defect in you. You invited this in. And the truth is, children are victims and they don't know what to do with any of that. And the abuser was the problem there, not you. Some of you need to understand now, if you've been a victim of sexual abuse, you were a victim. You had no idea how to deal with those feelings. You were too young to deal with those feelings. You were too young to deal with that situation. And whatever you felt in the midst of that, let me tell you, you were victimized by that. But what the enemy wants to do is come in on that and tell you a lie about yourself. And if you accept that lie and believe that lie, that lie remains in your life. It's time for us to reveal these lies. It's time to bring them out. I I consulted with some real experts in the area of lies and the trauma that people does. You ever watch, before I say that, I need to say this. You ever watch Hoarders? Anybody ever watch a show called Hoarders? I don't know why, but every time I see that show on, I watch it. And it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. People living in filth and literally just walking through a small path in their house, if that. You'll see people with basements so full that the trash is coming up the steps. They can't even get down there anymore. I watch it, and then I think, man, they bring a cleanup crew, and I'm like, yeah, let's get this house cleaned up. Yeah, boy, they got a dumpster out here. I can't wait. And they'll start taking trash out the door, and the person will flip out. I watched one just last week about a lady who hoarded food, and she literally had a refrigerator so full she had to duct tape the door closed. She had yogurt from 2007. We'll be talking about that at lunchtime. Any of you that were hungry and want me to quit, you're welcome. I just fixed that for you. <laughs> she was storing yogurt up. A lot of times what you'll see is they'll get talking to this person and they had a very traumatic experience. Someone died. Someone left them. Someone hurt them. 
This lady had gone through a season of intense poverty when she barely had any food. And the lie that she believed is, you're going to run out of food if you don't hoard it up. And she'd built the, the enemy had built such a fortress in her mind that she'd come to believe that her stomach was, was sufficient, that she could handle rotten food. And she said this, she said, I don't care what the date is, if it's not swollen up, I'll eat it. Trauma leads to a perceived reality which becomes reality for her. You've got to cast out the lie. Here are the most common lies that people believe. I don't belong. I just want you to do this. Will you do this? Can we do this? We're authentic at Upward. We don't judge people. We don't look at people. If this lie resonates with you at all, can you just do this really quick as I read through the list? Can I see your hands if it resonates? I don't belong. I'll always be on the outside. I'll always be lonely. The best way to avoid pain is to isolate myself. I am not good enough. I could raise my hand for a ton of these. My value is in what I do. I am unattractive. I should have been someone else. I have wasted the best years of my life. All of them. Those are the kind of lies we've got to dig up and cast out. Very quickly, I want you to hear Wanda's testimony. The summer I turned 12, my mama took me and my sister to Bible school at Victory Baptist Church. And one night after the lesson, I accepted Jesus in my heart. I remember that summer as being one of the best times of my young life. When I started junior high, what now is called middle school, I was nervous, of course, you know, just like other girls in my grade. We were experiencing a new time in our lives with new people, changing classes, lockers, and of course, well, noticing boys. Not long after school started, a boy in one of my classes started calling me a profane name followed by the word ugly. We changed classes and every time in the hallway he would yell this profane name and the word ugly to me every single time and to make it worse he always would yell it in front of other people. From that point on I did not think of myself as pretty even though other people told me that I was pretty. I believed this lie for 44 years and that was a lie straight from Satan himself. I read my morning devotion every morning and it's a women's devotion and multiple times in my devotion it talks about women being beautiful inside and out and even though I read it I really didn't believe it. I never thought myself as beautiful or pretty. One evening last year I was cruising on Facebook and I saw a gal um, that had the same last name as this boy and I wondered if she might be related to him. I clicked on her profile and of course um, she was his wife and as I looked at his picture I began to think Lord why did this boy have to be so mean to me and as I kept looking and I started praying and I started crying and crying out my heart to God and God said 
all those years ago, the problem was not you, it was with him. He felt so bad about himself that he needed to feel, make someone else feel as bad as he did or even worse. Again, that was the lie that God, that Satan had told me that I was ugly, I was not beautiful, and I was never ever going to be beautiful. Hearing that crying out to God, God told me that I was created in His image. And if I was created in His image, then I was beautiful. And from that point on, I finally realized that Satan had told me that lie. And I had believed it for 44 years, and I am free of that lie. Just because you might be different than someone else, you might be taller, you might be shorter, you might have freckles, you might wear glasses, your hair color is different, you might be thick, you might be thin, you are still created in God's image. And I want you to start believing that about your own self. Start celebrating who God created you to be. Thank you. Powerful testimony right there. Give Wanda a big hand. I know Wanda, and I'm going to tell you, she's really free of that. When she was here giving that testimony, that lie spoken over her in such a terrible, hurtful way, she's free from that in Jesus Christ. You can be free as well from the lies that are holding you back. Amen. Would you stand to your feet right now? I want to pray for you right now. For those who are with us online today, here's what I want you to do before I pray. You got some homework. Here's your homework. Ask yourself those questions. You may need to cry a little bit. Several people have told me they've cried for a couple of days. Thursday, I had a few tell me, I've cried all weekend. We've had them crying this morning because God's bringing some healing. If He's churning that up and this is painful, He's bringing some healing. I want you to write those lies down. Write them down. I wound up with 12 or 15 that I wrote down, lies that I'd believed. And writing them down brings them into your consciousness. And when you're conscious of it, you can confront it and you can conquer it. Amen. So we're bringing the devil, we're dragging him out of the darkness into the light where we can assault those lies with the truth. Write them down for next time. And we're going to start replacing those with the truth. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for your precious people here today. For those with us online today, thank you for everybody joining us this morning we can just say yes to you today for anyone that doesn't know Christ you can just say yes Jesus I invite you into my heart yes Jesus I surrender to you as the Lord of my life yes Jesus I will believe your truth yes Jesus I turn from my sin yes Jesus I follow you by faith and as you make that decision he will flood your heart and fill your life with his presence and his joy I pray for those that are experiencing these lies that inside your heart there will be a dissatisfaction and a desire to warfare against the lie with the truth in Jesus' name. Amen. Hasn't been a great day today. We're getting set free, giving the devil a black eye and kicking him out of our lives. We're doing that. Remember, write down those lies as God reveals them to you. Write them down. Bring them back. We're going to confront those and drive those things out. Let me bless you right now. Father, I bless your people. God, I believe you're just turning up the volume of truth in our lives. Things that are true. Things that are pure. Things that are godly. The volume is being turned up on those things. And God, you're turning down the volume of the lies. And I bless your people with that. Now, with that blessing, go in the power of the Holy Spirit. I commission you with his authority and power to take Jesus into your world. Amen. Amen. Go to it, troops. We'll see you back next time. Love you so much.
Thanks so much for listening to this week's Upward Journey. If you would like to find out more about Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina, you can look up our website at ucf.cc or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash upwardchristianfellowship. We invite you to join us next week as we continue the Upward Journey.